Hey, a warm welcome to everyone that's joining us this morning. Uh, I'm recording from uh, the home this morning. I'm broadcasting from home this morning because I've been travelling. And uh, as many of you are aware, I'm now under uh, house arrest. I'm now under 14 days isolation. So um, we didn't want to miss the flow of what God's doing in Family Church at the moment. So I'm so thankful for uh, Sean and Paula that's been emceeing the meeting from our studio. But I'm going to bring you the word here from my living room, uh, if that's okay. Again, we want to thank you for uh, joining us this morning, whichever congregation you're a part of, um, all our friends that have joined the journey over the last few months. It's brilliant and I count it an honour to be able to speak into your homes and into your families, into your workplaces today. As we continue to journey together through this current season. And, uh, you know, when we consider this season that we're journeying through together, it continues to reveal to us a number of things. Number one, how much we miss being together. I'm not sure about you, but um, this is six months now, and it's amazing how it's underlined how much, as a church, family church, we enjoy being together. But the good news is, you know, never forget, we've not been banned from a meeting with each other. It's just the gathering of our group. So I really want to encourage you, as we continue to journey through this very unusual season, remain committed to meeting up in uh, groups of six. Remain committed to uh, checking up on each other, with, with talking with each other, doing God with each other. The other thing that it's really revealed to us over and over again is that, you know, we are a community. We're not a building. Um, you know, if we were just a building, if Family Church was just a building, I don't believe that we would be in the strength that we're in right now. If Family Church was just a service that we had on Sunday morning, again, I don't believe that we would be in the strength that we're in now. What this has revealed to me, this season that we're walking through, we're navigating through together, is, you know, what we've been building together over the last 20 odd years is a community of people that love God and love each other. but also. We're a community with a mission. You know, we're not just a community um, like other communities, like a bird spotting community. I have no desire to be a part of a bird spotting community or a train spotting community. We're not gathering of every Sunday around. Uh, we're not a Jesus fan club that just meets up on Sunday to talk about Jesus. We're a community of people called out of darkness into light. And we're a community of people who have a mission, a people who have a mission. We're a missional people. You know, when you read about Jesus, you can see that Jesus had a mission. He came to earth on a mission. He didn't just come to earth to check in on us, see how we were doing, have a look around. When Jesus left heaven and came to earth, he was on a mission. What was that mission? Very simple, to save us, to save you and me, to save humanity from the separation that Adam had brought us into. A few of my favourite verses that underline this are Luke 19, verse 10, where Jesus said, I came to seek and save that which was lost. Can you see him declaring his mission statement? Oh, I've come to seek and to save. It was a rescue mission. He came to seek and save that which was lost, which was you 
and me. <clears throat> Again, in First John chapter 3, verse 8, Jesus announces, for this reason, the Son of God appeared or came to earth to destroy the work of the evil one. So in these verses, what is Jesus saying? He's saying, I came to earth on a mission. I had a purpose. My purpose was to seek and save that which was lost, humanity. I came to destroy the work of the enemy. Everything the enemy had done in separating God from man. Jesus said, I came to destroy the work of the enemy and restore relationship between mankind and its creator God. Now, we see that Jesus came on a mission. We know that, don't we? But do we know, as we all, that as his followers, he's given us a commission? Now, often we refer to the Great Commission, but think about that for a moment. It's a great commission. Jesus came on a mission to seek and save the lost, to destroy the work of the evil one, to heal the sick, to set the captive free, to save those who were separated from God. But now he says that we as his followers are to live in a commission with him. So what is our commission today? It's to take the message and the power of his salvation to every person, both near and far. His mission was to save us and his mission, good news, was successful. But he now calls us to be in co-mission, not the leaders of the church, not the pastors, every one of us who are followers of Jesus. He calls us to be in co-mission. That makes us a missional church, a people who have in our hearts the desire to take the message of salvation, not just to the ends of the earth, but to the neighbour next door. That's what we read about in Matthew 28 in verse 18, which is called the Great Commission. Let me read those verses to you. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, now go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I'm always with you till the very end of the age. Can you hear Jesus calling you and me into a commission of letting the world know that his death on a cross has saved them from captivity and brought them into liberty? My question today for you and me, wherever we're sitting, wherever we're watching, is are we being or are we living true to this commission in our generation as well as we should? Now, when we read the Bible, when we study books on church history, we read about others who have gone before us that lived true or were faithful to this commission of taking the message of salvation to the lives of others. But what about us in the 21st century? Can we honestly say that we are taking this commission that God has asked us to be a part of as seriously as what we should? Or maybe have we become distracted? I was talking about the 21st century church, this, this church that we're a part of. Have we become distracted 
by other things, issues, even causes? Have we allowed other issues and things and causes to distract us from the mission that Jesus has called each and every one of us to? Maybe have we been distracted by our meetings and our services? Have we become over-impressed or over-invested in our meetings and our services that we put on weekly? Maybe have we become distracted by even building church? We always need to remember that Jesus said he would build the church. Remember when he was speaking to Peter, he said, I will build my church. Two things we learn there. Number one, it's up to him to build the church and the church is his. But what about us? When we read on, he says, oh, I give you the keys of my kingdom to extend it, to bring its rule and reign into every place where it currently isn't. So when we ask these honest questions, have we been distracted by issues and causes, our meetings and our services, or even by building church? I believe that if we're honest, we could say in some degree, yes, we have. But the good news is I believe that right now God is calling us very loud to focus again on the mission of taking his message of salvation to the places that it's not yet reached. Last week, I had the privilege, this time last week, I was in Africa. And uh, that's why I'm uh, locked down or in house arrest today for 14 days. I had a very um, incredible opportunity or invitation to travel to Zambia and spend a week or 10 days training missionaries. And you know what? I knew that it would probably mean that I would be locked down for two weeks afterwards. But to me, it was worth it. The opportunity to minister, to empower, to encourage 200 ministries or, or ministers or missionaries that came in from different parts of Africa. You know, that really excited me, that opportunity. And uh, I, I was able to vis a vi a visit a missions base, um, which is in Victoria Falls in Zambia. I, I traveled through Ethiopia um, and then through Lusaka, which is in Zambia, and then traveled on to <coughs> Livingston, which is right next to Victoria Falls, to a ministry that we've always worked with for many years called Overland, uh, Overland Missions. And these are just a group of passionate people that just live to take the gospel as well as humanitarian care, but the gospel to the parts of the world or the parts of Africa and to nations that have not yet heard the good news. It was a privilege to be able to spend some time with Phil and Sharon Smethurst, who run, who are the founders of Overland Mission. And boy, they gave me every opportunity I needed just to just to pour my life and the things of God into these people that are gathered. It was also a joy to be able to spend some time with a couple of the missionaries that we've sent out, to spend time with Joe and Lily Colucci, who uh, are on that missions base, and also to meet and spend time with Pete Bolan, who comes from our Guildford congregation. It was a joy to meet some of the people and see some of the people that we're supporting, busy in what they do on the mission field. Like I said before, I count it a great privilege and an honour to have been able to travel and have a moment to have a week or 10 days to just invest into these missionaries, but also to watch 
how they operated as a missions organization because sometimes we can think of church as one thing and a missions organization as another when the reality as i watched how this missions organization this great missions organization worked to take the message of the gospel to places it had not yet gone i realized that actually whether it's a church a local church like us or a missions organization like them our mission and our agenda and our assignment is the same i was able to minister to teams who had come in from all different parts of africa people traveled in from zimbabwe and and zambia and i know that you know there's a whole lot of people in our church community that come from these different places people traveled in from tanzania and um and mozambique and all the different regions that surrounded that because of travel restrictions um people couldn't come in from further afield like the amazon and and jordan but we were able to gather at vic falls around 220 missionaries people that spend their life just bringing the love of god and the message of salvation to people in places that have never heard it and again you can imagine that made me preach like a crazy man the opportunity of doing that now i was listening to their terminology and what they said of themselves were they were people who had taken responsibility for sectors and what overland missions had done was divided the african map and farther afield into what they called sectors so they weren't areas they were sectors and the teams that came in from each of these places were people who took responsibility not for church services in those places but for bringing the message and the power of god to the people who lived in those sectors as they called them what i encountered were teams or groups of people that were just sold out to simply doing what jesus had asked them to do to go to the places that had not yet heard about him and bring his message of salvation they had bases that they came from in each of these places across zambia and zimbabwe mozambique tanzania and places i can't even pronounce these people had established these bases but they weren't bringing people to meet them in these bases they were using these bases to train to equip and then to go into the different sectors and areas that they'd adopted to see jesus christ break out in the lives of the people as well as ministering to these missionaries which was a great privilege man there was such a powerful presence of the holy spirit as these missionaries just gathered to be encouraged in the word but i couldn't help just thinking and watching this missions organization and asking myself, do the blueprints of what they do and the blueprints of what we do as church, local church, do they fit together? Do they overlay to achieve the same purpose, to fulfill the same commission? I believe that they do. You see, what I came back from zambia with was an excitement in my heart 
of a very, very simple realization. We are all missionaries. We are all missionaries. You see, if we're followers of Jesus and we've said yes to be a part of the co-mission, then every one of us are missionaries today. You're not a missionary if you wake up in Africa. You're not a missionary if you wake up in the Philippines. Wherever you've woken up today, you're a part of the church of Jesus Christ, but you're also a part of his great missions organization called the kingdom of God. You see, the only difference between this missions organization I had the opportunity to spend time with and us as a church is that they are taking the message of the gospel to the ends of the earth and we are taking it to our local worlds. Yet the mission doesn't change and the message doesn't change. You are as called to reach your neighbours for Jesus as these brave men and women are called to reach undiscovered villages also. Again, this got me thinking. And boy, did I do some thinking. I had a, I had a few air, air flights to take. And on the way back, I had to fly from Zambia to Lusaka, from Lusaka to Ethiopia, from Ethiopia back to Heathrow. The whole time I was thinking, but I sensed within me a fresh excitement concerning family church shifting and seeing ourselves differently maybe than what we've seen ourselves before. What if we started to think more missional? Now we've already thought missional, we've got incredible teams in our congregations that give their lives away to, to, to feed those that need feeding, to, for baby basics, for taking care of community. I just want to applaud today those who are using our current buildings to reach our areas or sectors. But my challenge is to me and it's to you today. What if as a church in this unusual time of lockdown, we actually discovered how to be more missional than what we've ever been before? Now stay with me with this thought. What if we started to think sectors instead of services? Now, don't get me wrong, I'm looking forward to us meeting again and joining together in our gatherings where we come together on Sunday to worship him and be together. But what if during this unusual time that we're journeying through, we started to think about sectors more than services? Just like they do in Africa, we here in the south of England and Manila, in the places that God has planted us, started to think, how can we, more than we've ever done, change the lives of not the people that come to our buildings, but the people around our buildings that have never yet encountered the incredible love of God? Again, I was on the plane and I started to get excited about the thought of many of us catching this in a new way. Instead of sectors, Sectors instead of services become our focus. Mission, not, me not meetings alone. It's amazing over the last few years about how much emphasis and importance we placed on our meetings. 
Now we've come through this season where our meetings, in some ways, were taken away from us. But you know what? No one took our mission from us. The mission that Jesus gave us to take the message of his gospel, the love of his kingdom to every person never changed. No government plan of lockdown could take away our mission. It's just our meetings that have been affected. It's amazing when I hear about certain churches are almost speaking like their whole world has fallen apart. My heart says, well, what world did you have before? Because to me, as I'm watching Family Church, I'm watching a community of people that miss being with each other. But this lockdown, this time of isolation or separation has not destroyed our church. In fact, what it's done in many ways, it's glued us closer together. But also, I believe that God has an agenda in this moment to set our eyes again like missionaries on the areas that God has called us to. I've written here in my journal. What if in this moment we put more of an emphasis on mission than we ever have before? Not mission to the ends of the earth, mission to the areas or the sectors that each and every one of us live in and do life within. What if we create a shift from being just congregations as we have known them to being mission bases and missionaries in the different places that we're positioned? Now, I know in many ways we've been this, but my heart is, what if we could catch God's heart for this in a greater way? You know, when I think about our areas, let's call them in missionary terms, our sectors. Think about it today. Through the grace of God, he's allowed us to plant churches, or we could call them mission bases, in the sector of gospel. If we were to take the map of England and divide this area of the country into sectors, we could actually see that we've already planted churches in these sectors and areas. But what if we stopped seeing them just as meetings or services and we started to see our churches in these areas as missional bases that God could use to reach the people around them, not just feed the people who attend? You can imagine me on the plane getting excited about this thought. But we've already adopted and planted mission bases, we used to call them churches, in the area of gospel. Portsmouth, Guildford, Waterside, Haven, Waterlooville, you know, the Waterside over there, Manila. Now, now stay with me. Yes, we have churches in these areas. But what if we purposed to journey more to see ourselves as missional church? But just as these 200 missionaries went back today to the areas that they came from with the purpose not to have meetings, 
but to affect the lives of every person in their sector. My question to you and me is, why can we not think that way? Why can we not, in a greater way than we've ever done, shift from just being church services and community of people where we gather together to being mission missionaries? Again, not the leaders, the people. Because what I loved about the mission teams that joined us in Zambia was it wasn't just a few leaders that were preaching the gospel. Everyone on team knew the gospel and was preaching the gospel. My heart for where we head next as a church is, yeah, we'll get back to meeting together. We'll continue to enjoy all the benefits of church as we knew it. But there's got to be more. There's got to be more. Come on, Jesus is coming soon. Come on, just look around at life. Everything but the kingdom of God is being shaken and shut down. This is not our time to wait outside church buildings that are closed, saying, oh, when will they open again? Rather, this is our time to say, come on, we are still the church. The buildings that we have can be our missionary bases where we train people to communicate the message of Jesus effectively to others. And then we send them out into our different sectors, Guildford, Portsmouth, Waterside, in our daily lives to get as many people saved and born again as we can. It's not about the leaders having a passion to do this. That won't cause a shift that won't change the status quo. It's when the people of family church begin to say, I no longer see myself as an attender. I am a missionary. The place that I am living now is a sector and an area that God has given me to reach. Imagine what could happen if this went viral through our congregations. What would happen? We'd start to see salvation break out across the south of England like never before. You see, all the areas in Africa were being changed by these men and women who had chosen to take responsibility for the areas that God had sent them to. Again, my question as I travelled back on aeroplanes was, why not us also? Why can we not shift our thinking as a church more than ever before to be missional in our agenda and intention? This isn't no radical new plan. If we dare to do this, become more missional, all we're actually doing is aligning with a first century vision. Again, other favourite verses of mine, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus said to his church, he'd risen from the dead, he was about to ascend. And he said to his church, he said, you will receive power. They were saying, come on, let's reach Jerusalem. Come on, let's reach Israel. Jesus said, no, not yet. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you 
will be witnesses for me in your Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and indeed to the ends of the earth. Let us notice again the first ripple or sphere that God called these people to. It wasn't to the ends of the earth. It was to their Jerusalem, their local world. Oh, come on, can't you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit again? Speaking to your heart, speaking to our hearts, to lift our eyes again to the harvest, to see the area or sector that God has positioned us to live in, but to catch in our hearts a fresh agenda to be missionaries. The moment we leave our front doors, we're missionaries. We're not missionaries when we go on a two week trip to a far off land. No, if we're taking the commission of God seriously, we're missionaries everywhere we set our foot. Oh, more and more, I'm beginning to see our empower centers, not just as churches or places that the saints gather, but as missional bases that are not given to us just for weekly services, but to be reaching out to the communities that surround them. Again, this is nothing new. It's what the early church did. All we're doing is choosing to live by a first century DNA in the 21st century. Again, when we look through history, we're not the first people to think this way. Think of great generals like William Booth and the Salvation Army. This is all that they purposed to do in their generation. They loved meeting together. They loved worshipping together. They loved spending time together. But the Salvation Army and the success that it had was driven that first they saw themselves as people called to bring others into the kingdom. I believe that our generation is waiting for a new Salvation Army. It's waiting for a group of people like you and me that say, we don't want to go back to just meeting together on Sunday like a Jesus Christ fan club. We want to now embrace this mission that Jesus has given us to embrace. The mission is simple. Let everyone in our life, our area, in our sector experience God. Okay, the potential of this excites me. Again, we do this already when I think of the Caring Hands, the Baby Basics and the other ministries that reach beyond our buildings to bring practical help and real help into the lives of the people in our community. We're already doing this. But again, I'm thinking, what if more people caught the vision? Like the guys who are running our caring hands and that now. What if more of us caught the vision? How can I be involved more in reaching out to my community? All I can tell you is there's lots to do. And your pastors, or should we call them sector leaders, are waiting for you to come to them and say, give me something to do. What I love about this plan it's not a plan that's limited by lockdown. 
so much of our meetings and our gatherings has been affected or experienced the limitation because of the lockdowns that are in our nation. But when it comes to sharing the gospel practically and spiritually, verbally, when it comes to loving the people in our missional areas, our sectors, there is no lockdown from the government. There is no lockdown saying that you can't share Jesus with up to six people. There's no lockdown saying you can't share the love of God that you've encountered and experienced with your neighbor on the left and your neighbor on the right, to the person you meet in the supermarket. To the There's no lockdown on us being missionaries to the places that God has caused us to live. Again, the success of this, I believe, is how we see ourselves. As I'm sharing with you today, I know this could sound like a dream, but I don't believe it's my dream. I believe it's God's dream. Like I often say, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Because this dream for everyday people like you and me to move from being attenders of churches to being God's missionaries in the areas, in the sectors that he's planted us. Oh, it's not my dream. It's God's dream. This is what I believe God dreams for us. That we wouldn't be seated in buildings, being entertained by great worship and praise. But we would be mobilised to carry the message of the gospel into every place we set our feet. We need to shift in our thinking from being church attenders, church members, to being missionaries. The fields are ripe unto harvest. Never has a statement been so true. Look at the condition of the United Kingdom, the country that we call home. Look at the condition of our areas that we have congregations, Guildford, Portsmouth, Waterside, Gospel, Manila. Look at the need in the life of the people that live around our buildings or the places that we used to gather. The need has not been removed. In fact, it's been enhanced. The world right now is crying out for truth. The people in the world, in our sectors, in our missional sectors, are crying out, can someone tell me what's real? Can someone please tell me what's true? Everything I trusted in is being shaken. Everything I relied in is being taken away. My thought on this is just simply how can we remain silent? How can any of us remain silent when the world, the people around us, are screaming, what's the answer? And for us who are followers of Jesus, we've got the answer. So I'm believing as we move forward 
into whatever this journey we're taking together looks like next. We would dare each of us to think more missional. Let's not be caught up in an attendee way of thinking. Oh, when can we meet again? When can we have meetings again? But let's begin to say, okay, God is still God in this moment. There's no lockdown on us being missional. So let's begin to turn our focus and shift on reaching people. How many people can we get born again this week? How many people can we take the message of the gospel, the good news of Jesus to this week? Come on, what God's doing is he's moving our ministry from being on a stage to being in the lives of our people. That's you and me. I'm really excited that um, it's amazing. Everything seems to be coming together for what God wants to do next. Around the end of October, my book, my new book will be released called Soul Winner. And uh, I'm like, God, your timing is incredible. Way back towards the end of last year, the beginning of this year, I felt the Lord stir me to, to put everything I'd learned about evangelism over the last 30 years into a book, to write a handbook, a dummy's guide, if you like, that teaches people how to win another person to Jesus. I'm so excited and we're working as quick as we can to get that book into the hands of each of our people in family church so that our people are equipped to carry the message of the gospel to others and to see others come into the kingdom, out of darkness, into light. There's something building right now in this moment of life that we're living in together. Can't you feel it? I believe Jesus is getting ready to come back. But before he comes back, the Bible says that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in every place. Not just the random places of Tanzania or Mozambique. But the unreached places of Portsmouth. Gospel. This gospel, this good news needs to come to every place in our communities, our sectors. But it's not yet reached. But it won't be carried by microphones and stages, but by people like you and me. Will you join me, Family Church, and allow God, allow the Holy Spirit to transition us from being attenders and meeting based people to still loving our meetings, but being missional? in our 24-7 lives. I believe if we dare to do this, we're making God's dream come true. And we're bringing life to those who are currently experiencing death. Hope this has challenged your heart today. It was always going to be one of these type of messages, wasn't it? If you send Pastor Andy, who's been kind of unable to travel for six months to Zambia, and stick him in front of 220 hungry missionaries saying, teach us a word, you're gonna have an explosion. But that explosion wasn't just for them, it was for me. I came back feeling enthused. What if, what if, what if we change the way we see ourselves and become a missional church more than we've ever been before? Our churches, mission bases in every places that they are. Yeah, when government restrictions 
release again, we'll still meet and come together in those places. But we would have gone somewhere new in our understanding. I hope that's challenged you, aggravated you, irritated you to the responsibility that you have to lead those who live around you to Jesus. I want to just close by praying this morning. And uh, it feels funny doing this from my couch in my living room. But the prayer of salvation doesn't change. Whether it's on the streets of Mozambique or whether it's in the alleyways of Guildford, the commission remains the same. The prayer of salvation remains the same. But when a person prays it, they can become born again, forgiven their sins and receive a new life. I hope that we've got guests and visitors watching today. And maybe you're watching today and you've never given your life to Jesus yet. Maybe you've never heard the good news of what Jesus has done for you. That Jesus died on a cross, not just for you, but as you. He took your sin to give you a new life. One prayer can activate this salvation. Wherever you are right now, wherever you're watching, if you're watching live or you're watching on catch up later, one prayer, one prayer can connect you to a God who made you and has never stopped loving you. We're going to pray that prayer together. And at the end, I'm going to say amen. And when we say amen, if you've prayed that prayer for the first time or you've been away from God and today you're coming back. The moment you say amen, God's going to hear that prayer that's come from your heart. Hey, let's pray. Father, I thank you today that Jesus Christ, your son, died on a cross for me. There's no other way to you, Father, but through Jesus Christ. Today, I believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he died on a cross for my sin. I believe today that as I place my faith in Jesus, my sins are forgiven and the old life is gone and a new life begins. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus name. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer today, God has heard you. The Bible says that you've believed in your heart, you've confessed with your mouth. And right now, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed any sin or transgression from you. If you were to die right now, you would be present and welcome with him in heaven. Isn't that an incredible thought? All because you placed faith in Jesus Christ. Listen, if you prayed that prayer today, we would love to stay in contact with you and send you a booklet that just speaks a little bit more about what it is to know Jesus. All you need to do is just send me an email at andy at family.church. And as you do that, we'll be able to, uh, this coming week, get in contact with you, touch base, see how we can help you more. Hey, listen, Family Church, it's been a joy to join with you. And uh, hey, I'm looking forward to um, coming out of house arrest. But for now, you know what? I'm going to shout out the windows to the people that walk past. Jesus died on a cross for you and he loves you. No, come on, let nothing stop you. There's no lockdown on us being missionaries, only church attenders. Love you loads. God bless.